Blog Talk Radio. Won't you stand in your greatness? Good morning. Welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach September podcast. I'm Katherine Stafford. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice here in Washington State, and I am also a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I am back on air this morning with my friend Howard Glasser, who is creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach and chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howie. Hi, Katherine. How are you today? I'm so good. Nice to be back. I listened to your last month's show with Stephanie Rule, and you both did a splendid job. Thank you. Yeah, that was so much fun, and we got a best show ever tonight. Today. Right. Right. Yeah. What's new with you? What have you been up to? <laughs> this is a leading question because uh, right. um, I've been scheduling um, my spring seminars, and I'm very excited about. Um, uh, going back to Northern California, uh, doing a circle around uh, Texas and New Mexico, and doing a northern circle in support of the CTI we're having in Fargo next summer. Um, so I'm going to be in Omaha and and Des Moines and and Moorhead and Bismarck and uh, wow. Sioux Falls, play, you know, uh, and and Madison, Wisconsin. Um, so this is all very exciting. And and just a by the way, there's this new book that came out with uh, my co-author, Catherine Stafford, uh, called To Your Greatness, that that she seemed to take liberties with the way I used to sign off on my emails <laughs> and and uh, and created a uh, story around that and, uh, and kind of... Uh, pushed it under my nose and said, what do you think of a children's book? And up until that point, I hadn't been seeing myself as a children's book person, mm-hmm. author, and all of a sudden it it happened, and I am so proud of this book. It's so beautiful. Best one yet, right? It is amazing. It's going to – I I, I – um, I had dinner with my daughter and, and some friends last night, and, and there was conversation about how this could be part of reading programs. And imagine, I know mm-hmm. I have dear friends who are tutors, you know, go in and do these reading. They're, they're mm-hmm. older people who go in and work with kindergartners. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine, in addition to the reading element, how it will warm kids' heart to get the message you wrote in that book. Thank you. That it's going to be fun to see how it unfolds. Thank you for that mm-hmm. that sweet plug. Um, we are going to introduce our guests. I'm not quite sure. Do we want to have the essence of nurtured heart approach wrapped into that early conversation, or for our new listeners, do you want to go ahead and just give a quick thumbnail about you know what, what do you think about? about wrapping it into our conversation so we use all our time. Thinking. I was thinking the same thing. Okay, so today we have the pleasure of having a very timely conversation given that school's right back in session now. We are graced by the company of Rose Hardy and Barbara Gaskin Houghton. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Barbara, who it's both Houghton. are principals. <laughs> Houghton? Yes. Houghton? Thank uh-huh. you. Barbara Gaskin Houghton, who are both principals who have infused Nurtured Heart deeply into their schools. Rose Hardy is a certified advanced nurtured heart trainer. Um, she served students in the field of public education for 20 years as a teacher, principal, and director of special services. She has experience in both regular education and special education across PK through 12. Um, she's implemented Nurture Heart for the past four years throughout both regular education and special education on a school-wide, unit-wide level. She graduated from North Dakota University of North Dakota with her master's in special education and a specialist diploma in education leadership. She resides in Wapaton, North Dakota, and is employed by the Wapaton Public Schools, serving as a building principal and director of special services, where she leads professional development and coaching related to implementing Nurtured Heart Approach. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. such an honor to be speaking with you three this morning. Thanks so much for having me. So glad you're here. Barbara Gaskin, oh, I already forgot, Houghton? <laughs> yes. <laughs> also a certified Nurtured Heart Advanced Trainer, is principal at Matir, is that yes. right? Uh-huh. Elementary in Red Bluff, California. Um, Nurture Heart Approach was implemented three years ago with nine staff members now being certified and additional staff familiar with the approach through on-site courses. 
-hmm. Parents and community members are also um, getting classes through the approach or for the approach, and Nurture Heart Approach implementation is being shared in the student handbook, the discipline plan and procedures, recognitions, announcements, and all throughout the school. Mm -hmm. Barbara has been an administrator for 15-plus years and in education for more than 20. She has a master's in education administration, ABD, Educational Leadership from the University of Laverne, California. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. That was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. I love are... that. I love that you both are uh, have a background in educational leadership. I, Absolutely. I, I did two years of graduate work there, and I was, I, you know, I was somewhat inspired by it, but somewhat disappointed where it got bogged down. And and this to me is the uh, the side of educational leadership that you two are taking on. Um, in, in infecting the community of educators and parents um, that was, you know, described in both your introductions. I love that, and I'd love to hear how that's going for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I thought you go. Go ahead, ladies. I'm sorry. Um, this is Rose from North Dakota, and I um, am implementing Nurtured Heart at Zimmerman Elementary here as on a school-wide basis, and this is my fourth year um, implementing it school-wide, and it's going very, very, very well. And I feel it ties very much into educational leadership. I mean, when you talk about transformational leadership and authentic leadership and service leadership, all of those things that Barbara and I studied, it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with everything that we've been educated on. Mm. Yeah. And I, this is Barbara, and I would say that um, Rose has been an inspiration in terms of strategies that has um, that we've been able to implement at our site and be able to strengthen um, all aspects of the approach in our everyday work. Um, the classroom level from the parents, um, it has dramatically changed the tone of our meetings around student concerns, definitely um, not problem-centered, but really focusing on successes and how we can bring out the best in our students. Um, and it really has given rise to our staff being able to move forward in a way that is um, much more powerful and uh, mm-hmm. empowering. Um, so I guess it's, uh, it has transpired um, and inspired us. Thank you, Barbara. It was nice that we could connect in California and increase our greatness connections. And that's something that the Children's Success Foundation has given me an opportunity to present at the summit last year in um, January in Tucson where I have a model, an implementation model school-wide of how to introduce Nurtured Heart into your school. And I continue to present across the state of North Dakota with this same implementation model that I shared with Barbara this summer in Sacramento. So it is just such such an honor to share that and spread nurtured heart to schools on on a just a massive level. I I just want you to know that uh, Jean from the foundation and I met yesterday, and we're actively looking at ways where we could go back and get you to do that presentation in a way that will be uh, available uh, mm-hmm. forever in our archives of. Uh, uh, in, in a really great platform that we looked at yesterday. So uh, mm-hmm. it pained me to miss your presentation while I was watching one of four others. And um, I'm I'm well aware that you mo- you motivated and inspired people. Uh, can I ask one more question before I kind of turn it to Catherine and her beautiful way sure. of seeing things? Is can you? Um, it, I just said the flare that it might be great to start off by talking about the results you're seeing over these four years. Uh, I, I'm not sure, Barbara. How long are you doing? This is the third year that I've third been working. But in terms of this is probably the best ever in terms of the the rollout this year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to share any results. Yeah. I'd love to hear from both either or both of you. Yeah. Sure. Howie? Um, yes. Howie, Howie. Oh, yes. never mind. Go ahead. Let's just go ahead with this flow. I had an idea, but we'll go ahead with this flow. I am going to be flexible. Carry okay. on. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. This is Rose from North Dakota again, and I love North Dakota greatness, so you're going to hear a lot about that mm. in these few minutes we have. 
uh, I started the school-wide implementation in 2012-13. And that school year prior, I had 369 office discipline referrals. And I reduced that, I think, around 67% to 140. And then the next school year, it reduced to 75 last school year to 53. So I'm consistently seeing about a 30% decrease. And uh, I I just want to talk a lot about that last year was the first year I never had a child sent to my office. Mm. Although we reported things as office discipline referrals because we needed to for documentation, um, they really weren't sent to me for anything but greatness. And that was just an absolute success story that I had in that third year of school-wide implementation. This year we're in the 17th day of school, and we're following that same flow here in North Dakota, right here in Wahpeton. And and it's because my teachers trust themselves to be able to handle those issues um, by developing strong relationships and building inner wealth within their classrooms. So that is just that speaks volumes. Um, I have other data on the reduction of re- restraint and seclusion, um, which was at 150 the year uh, prior to implementation, and it was zero last year. Oh, uh, my as well goodness. This year. Mm-hmm. You're helping kids so, develop their own sense of restraint. Exactly. Not, they, don't need, they don't need restraining. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it got to the point that I've been writing grants all of these years, a discretionary grant through the state of North Dakota Special Education Department. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point that our results from Wapiton were so promising and the evidence we were uh, giving to the state in my formative and summative assessment measures that all special ed units in the state of North Dakota can get funding to implement Nurtured Heart in their school district. So this year we've built it to have five special ed units out of the 30 that we have in our entire state that are implementing Nurtured Heart. So that is just wonderful. And I, I trust just like everything that the best is yet to come. So mm. <sighs> that gives me chills, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, and I think that's the inspiration that um, really uh, strengthens people who are newer or sites that are newer to the approach. I being perhaps the only person being trained on a site can it can be very daunting. Um, mm-hmm. When you're able to share the stories like as Rose just shared, it can provide people a pathway to see that, all right, I'm going to have to suspend my disbelief um, in perhaps an approach that is foreign to my traditional methods. Mm-hmm. But we can certainly see the evidence is there for you know, transformation to occur at a school site. We've seen reductions in referrals, but we still continue to struggle with those traditional versus uh, non-traditional methods in working with students. But the traction that we were able to to gain was by having many of our staff members trained through local offerings in the Northern Northern California region. You know, we have wonderful trainers who are here at an informal level. And then, of course, the the local CTIs that um, we were able to send uh, staff members to, and, and your presentations, Howie, when you make your, your one-day shots through uh, communities, those, those really are powerful. And it's enabled us to you know, train more staff. And I would say peer-to-peer training has been so well-received. So all of the site um, you know, allocations of funds to support peer-to-peer training have definitely made a difference. And we have a, a very strong network of parents who have spread the word throughout the community. And so that has helped us to um, to really be strengthened in a new mindset. And um, so to hear Rose's data, I, mm-hmm. I believe that that is actually in our future, um, mm. making improvements, um, and I would aspire to be that level of um, implementation. And thank you, Rose, for willing, so willingly sharing your ideas and your successes and challenges with others. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And I... I think you hit the nail on the head when you really reflected that the key is professional development. That's a huge key and that the approach is the approach is both easily understood and easily transferable, mm-hmm. but it's also a delightful surprise yeah. because when you think you've understood it, then there's always another level. And uh-huh. so with my implementation model, we revisit the approach 
every year. My staff have had four trainings of two days of 16 hours and gotten semester credits for those. Mm. And they just that's what this year we've been able to set and claim our intent of unprecedented unprecedented levels of greatness because we know that there is another level. So that's what's mm. so unique about the approach. It's that, yeah, you can be trained and then start implementing the next day, which is such a gift. Mm-hmm. You can get immediate answers, but yet it just becomes this delightful surprise that mm-hmm. you continually get them at much higher levels for much more complex situations. So that's what's just been a gift, a gift to our entire district. Mm-hmm. I think this is the perfect time to take it back a little bit because reading through your tongue twisters of amazing introduction, your bios, you have a combined, I don't even know, 50-some-odd years or 40 years, all the training, all the expertise. For people who are new listeners who are hearing this stuff and saying, what the heck is this nurture heart approach? <laughs> I think this is that time to take it back and say, first, Howie, what is the essence of the approach? And then Rose and Barbara, you know, you had all the training. You had all the wisdom and the experience. What was different about this? that compelled you to, you know, learn about it and take it more. Howie, you, wanna, you, wanna you want a little thumbnail? You know, I would maybe, love that. Maybe the way to explain it this time is is um, uh, I found in my work with challenging kids that there uh, are ways to run into walls and and add to the, dis- the disturbing uh uh, behaviors and energies and relationship and and there's ways to ride the waves of energy um, uh, you know and the problem may be that most traditional ways of interacting with kids tend to um, uh, run run in the counter uh, uh, cycle because we try and teach important lessons of life in the midst of problems. And some kids are so hungry for relationship that they start energetically putting two and two together that they get they get more keen, uh, live forms of relationship when things are going wrong. So Nurtured Heart Approach is about uh, taking, taking uh, refusing to go in that direction, but in, in contrast, um, uh, being uh, utterly aware of how to use the moments when problems aren't happening to create for a child a new sense of who they really are as a wonderful kid. And in in, in context of schools, I want to add one thing: is that we we do this um, interesting mathematical. Um, uh, uh, let me call it a. Uh, 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 faux pas um, in, in education, which is we, um, you know, we have 90% of the kids who are fine and dandy, more or less, and we have 10% who are of concern to us because of mm-hmm. their intensity gone awry. And, and, you know, it makes perfect sense to play the percentages and come up with approach after approach after approach that is more traditional, conventional, evidence-based, you know that that uh seems to help the ninety percent, but the ten percent eat us for lunch they They undermine uh, uh the the culture of the school they they uh have uh, they spill over to the ninety percent and and create problems for them they make teachers quit and then every year we scratch our heads in gen in education in general. And, and go, wow, what just happened here? This isn't going very well. And what Rose and Barbara are talking about are, are taking this approach that was designed for the 10% and seeing the beauty of how it helps other kids to feel inner wealth and, um, and, uh, and thrive. And, and uh, So I hope that suffices as this nurtured heart approach thing is a way to uh, create that successfulness in, in not only the 90%, but in all kids. 
that was, that's that's a perfect summary. And for Rose and Barbara, was it was that part of it for you? The idea that ten percent is still still too much. I refuse to accept that ten percent of our kids are still struggling in our campuses. What was the starting place for you that brought you clearly your heart? For me, what brought me to the approach was absolute and utter crisis. I had the energy which I wasn't able to recognize or even reflect on when you live in crisis. That you weren't even able to recognize that that is where the energy was flowing. So everything I tried to do, which is every degree I have, I have a degree in special education, I'm certified Mm -hmm. to work with difficult, every degree on the wall was failing me. Everything, the harder I tried, the worse it got. My staff were crying. I wanted to quit my job. That's when it was brought to me. It was just meant to come to me. And our counselors had written a Bremer grant, and we were all trained, and everyone at my school showed up. Hmm. Tanya Frazier came and did a two-day training for us, and that's how it was brought to me. And I was very, very resistant at first. Very. Although it's been in my heart all along, although you were taught in college, students don't care what you know until they know that you care. We knew all of this. We've forgotten it somehow. Mm. Wow, that's we so knew. poignant. It's hard to believe mm-hmm. that you were stuck. Mm-hmm. I was. And I mean, even when you look at the educational research on what promotes student achievement, you look at John Hattie's Visible Learning student-teacher relationships as a 0.72 effect size. We've always known this. And when have we forgotten it? You know, it took a crisis, and, and it's been the greatest gift to me. Those that those months, it was almost a year and a half of that. And I, I look at it as the greatest gift that mm-hmm. I needed to open me up to the approach and mm-hmm. all of my staff mm-hmm. as well. You know, and, and Rose, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, wow, how can – I felt so alone um, mm-hmm. when I first you – know, I was at my wit's end, I guess, and I felt so alone that all my skills, training, all my experiences, my toolbox was empty, and all my um, best efforts to work with my most intense students, and as a result, all the students, um, you know, were – were ineffective, and it was making matters even more intense and worse. And I, I feel like all of us in educational administration um, are, are intense by nature, so I kept thinking I was unable to manage my own intensities. As I rose in my intensities um, and my efforts, all of them well-intended, were creating a nightmarish atmosphere for students, for you know particular target students, for their staff and families. And uh, it was Josh Kirsten in Northern California who... Um, came in um, and was the approach. Like he he exemplified the approach in his actions and in his interactions. And I was very rude to him. Ryan, you talk about reservations and you talk <laughs> about your worries, miseries, and doubts coming to life. I'm, I mean, he definitely was going into the wealth of all of his greatness reservoirs in order not to say goodbye, lady. But um, he stayed in the game <laughs> with me and. And, um, you know, by that, opened the door for my new learning and said, I, Barbara, you know, we don't fix kids. We we help the adults who work with kids. How transformational is that? I mean, what a gift the approach is for us to be able to, you know, keep in mind our wealth of resources, what our greatness is, and, and be able to see that in others. I mean, there's so many facets of the approach that continue to be, it's like the layers of the onion, continue to be revealed to us through multiple exposures, multiple practices, you know, I feel in this work that we have never arrived. We continue to refine and notch up our learning and our experiences and be strengthened by one another. So for me, I was very similar to Rose at the end of my wits, thinking I'm ineffective when all of a sudden this gift was given to me, and it, it's, it has definitely transformed my thinking, and I don't feel that I'm this epitome of practice, but I know that I always have a wealth of resources and the beauty of a reset to get back on track. Mm. Mm. Wow. What a story. Mm -hmm. Thank you both. I'm glad he didn't give up on you. (laughs) Bless Josh. (laughs) Bless Josh, yes. And thank you both for your honesty. I'll have to come visit your school in in October. I'm going to be in Chico for for three weeks. Yes. (laughs) 
I'll, I'll, I would love to come visit. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to share just a little, little bit about the data, and, and I know that that's a huge focus of a lot of school districts, and of course it's a focus of me. I am citing statistics constantly. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that those that are going forward, the way to convince people that the nurtured heart approach, for me, this is how it's unfolded in my professional and personal life, is I was spreading the word across North Dakota. Look at my data. Look at my restraint. Look at my... And finally, you know, after three years of, you know, you could try this. It's worked for me. One of my colleagues, one of my directors said, okay, I'll write the grant with you this year. And which was huge. And I said, well, what made you... What made you do this? You know, I because I'm pretty relentless and intense, as Barbara said. As administrators, we all have that. And she just looked at me and said, "Rose, you've changed. I see how you've changed." And you're saying, "Rose, can I understand?" Are you? Um, and Catherine, I'm going to shut up after this. No, please. I want how you to you take this. Uh, are you saying that it what it it wasn't the data? In the end of the day, or it was, was? It, the data helped, perhaps, but we finally convinced others that this approach can transform people. Mm-hmm. Is when you live the approach. Mm. When after everyone that interacted with you, they feel better after the interaction. <laughs> they they watch you claim greatness in every single situation. Mm-hmm. That's the evidence. We're the evidence, Barbara and I, you, Catherine. It, that's the evidence of, of that the approach works. I have other evidence, but it's not as powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'll always have both. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think you ended on uh, an interesting note of both. Yeah. I, I'm gonna right. Of I'm, course, I'm gonna marinate on that because <laughs> I think there. I think the bigger educational world is would would love to see important data, like like you know, like your like you quoted before. Yes, of course. Catherine, do you have a sense of where you want the conversation to go? Mm-hmm. No, I love it. It's beautiful so far. The one thing that I wrote down that I was thinking about was the idea of I hope people who are listening to this podcast are, are going back to that notion that resistance is just energy. And both of you so clearly spoke about your own resistance initially with this approach. Um, and for folks who want to bring it to their schools, to do just like Josh did and just use that resistance as your fuel for your own energy to be relentless and to continue to be the approach and carry it forward until you get that aha moment, that experiential aha. Mm -hmm. Thank you both for that. You were both talking about how you've kind of unfolded it into your schools. I'd be curious to learn more about that, aside from training the staff, what amazing creative ways you've done. I know it's in handbooks and policy and all that, but with the students, with the staff, with your community, either one of you. Well, I continue to have several parenting classes, as Barbara had mentioned as well. And then I also partner with other federal programs, such as Head Start and our partnership program through um, Southeast Human Service Center. So I work with outside agencies and training as many people as possible so that we're using the common common language. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am working on, right now, in our schools, part of our implementation model is to have the principal on board with the approach. And right now, all principals K through 8 in my district are certified or advanced trainers. So wow. we're continually moving it throughout the district that way. Mm-hmm. And um, at, at Materian here in Red Bluff, um, I, I, one of the biggest pieces has been you know parenting classes, but really opening it up for parents and staff to be working side by side, so whether they're classroom teachers or their support staff or parents in our particular school or even um, in affiliated community groups um, and that coming together and sharing their perspective. It's been interesting how that's taken hold and really um, really helped us in our practice, seeing how much it's been well-received and appreciated uh, from members of our community. Um, we Our after-school program is 
uh, coordinated by our County Office of Education. I know they've taken on um, some pieces of training as well, and some of their personnel have attended things you know, here at our site. We still continue to be challenged by um, our own um, kind of administrative teams, both at the local level and the county level, to be on board. We have schools in our region who have many trained staff, um, but some of the, the continued resistance, if I may say, might happen at the administrative level. It's, it's giving, truly it's such a gift of time we give ourselves to learn the approach and to delve deeply into a series of trainings or attend the CTI and then be able to support that practice at our school. Um, many times, um, if, you know, I think research has shown that if you don't have the administrator on board um, mm -hmm. in terms of training and support, your, your efforts can only perhaps go so far if mm -hmm. they're not perceived as being supported. So um, I know that we have a great deal of support here. Um, we're working on those challenges of making sure we have that outreach to our fellow administrators, um, that it's not to be be perceived, I guess, as one more new thing to learn or to add, mm -hmm. how this really can transform your practice and make so many things align from your, your quality of your instruction in your classrooms, obviously, to the quality of your relationships with your students and your community, um, to at the end of the day going home and being able to, you know, as Yolanda so eloquently puts, you know, kiss your brain for the efforts that you did make and the difference you made in, in the mm -hmm. lives. So, um, mm -hmm. That's, you know, and there's little bits of evidence along the way that we've tried to transform and use lots of tools and resources from other trainers who so willingly share, um, and that helps us to improve our practice. But, you know, we haven't, we haven't achieved our, you know, epitome. I think that will always be evolving where, where we want to go next in our evolution of this, of this work. So. Do you think it's just a matter of time, like with Rose? Um, where where you win over those uh, fellow administrators? You know, Howie, it's time and intention. So as I'm here mm. listening to Rose and to you and to Catherine, I mean, I can't help but feel even more energized to be that warrior quality that we need. Um, and as Rose said, you know, you are the approach. People feel better after, you know, leaving um, a conversation with you or work with you. And I'm reflecting back on myself saying, oh, I need to notch it up. You know, it's not going to happen by itself. <laughs> you know, you're you know? doing what you're doing right now is beautiful self-coaching. Um, my plan is in January to build that into the training. Is mm -hmm. is this mm -hmm. element of self-coaching? This mm -hmm. uh, and you're both doing that so well because because when you hit that resistance, <coughs> it's then what do you do? How do you? <laughs> how do you, who, it's not who you call up necessarily, mm -hmm. but but how you how you work within your yourself. And you know how you take that and you use it as fuel? And we've mm -hmm. worked on that through the through our trainings, right? We've mm -hmm. um and it really does work. You you you're imagining that coming in and you're saying, All right, this is fuel for me to be even more clear. And and it's funny because the staff will say, Oh, you're the clarity queen and it's funny because I don't see myself as that but mm. it's such a neutral point to bring a shared understanding. Let me be more clear. Or in order to find clarity, you know, am I understanding you? It, it's, um, it's a beautiful word, and, and that, I feel, has been, um, you know, has been noticed by others. <laughs> so. And I'd How like we to... Have... Catherine, can I say one quick of thing? Of course, real, of course. so forgiving for my interruption. <laughs> Barbara hit <laughs> on something that struck me so, so strongly, that... One of the principal's biggest fears is this is just another initiative that's one and done, and we're, oh, one more thing to learn. Mm -hmm. And one of a key component when I train other districts is when we start with the nurtured heart approach, it makes our job so much easier because we have so much less time in crisis. Mm -hmm. And we are able to really achieve big things academically. We, in my district, we've implemented common formative assessments, standards-based report cards. We've also uh, implemented a gradual release writing program. We are implementing advanced ed, school accreditation, on and on. And we've only been able to reach these high levels of efficiency because we have more time after the school-wide implementation of Nurtured Heart. And the outcomes continue to improve, both academically and socially-emotionally, 
for all kids, as Howie said, not just for the 10%, for can, everyone. Can, I've, I've been reading this really interesting book called Boys Adrift, and um, in, in, uh, one of the points it makes is that boys, especially with the academic push in kindergarten to read, boys are developmentally, um, you know, people who study brain research show that they're unequipped to whereas girls are equipped to start reading, boys may not be, and uh, that's why a lot of parents are starting their their kids in kindergarten a year later. And and anyway, a, a lot of boys who who begin on that path get alienated and start disliking schools. And I just don't see that happening in your schools somehow. Uh, I mean, I I I I'd love to hear. How you when you start talking uh, about academics, I'd love to hear you dial in any and all of that. Howie, there's too many places we could go. That's what I'm struggling with. This conversation could go on for. I know, and I keep getting so excited that I want to steer it, and I keep thinking, "Oh God, Catherine probably has ten directions too." (laughs) I think that we're all kind of scratching down our chicken notes of what, you know, this is conjuring up for us as we're listening to the conversation. And, Mm -hmm. Howie, before I forget to tell you this, for the January, it's kind of hokey, but you were talking about it's not who you call up, you know, like on the phone, Mm -hmm. but it's that idea of who do you call up from the inside. How good is that, right? Mm. Oh, I love that. I knew you would. (laughs) That's your next book. No, I love that. But I wanted, Rose, you and I were thinking along the same lines. And before we go into the academic piece, I really, the idea of the simplicity, I was writing that down too, I think, as you were speaking, Barbara, is it's not one more thing to learn, but the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. Would you take just a couple minutes to talk about how this is so simple in its execution, you know, with with children, with staff, maybe to kind of recap that essence thing? Barbara, um, you or Rose? Yeah, um, I, I think it's important to keep it simple and, and uncomplicated. So, you know, um, making sure that we revisit the stand, making sure in conversations that you're, um, I, and maybe I'm taking this in the wrong direction, but I'm thinking when a teacher comes up or I'm coaching a teacher or we're, in, we're discussing a, a situation, um, you know, that I'm affirming the stands that I see evidence of them um, implementing. They may not be giving themselves that credit, but to reaffirm that, you know, that was evidence of stand one. You know, you're mm-hmm. absolutely no. This, um, I, I know sometimes in our um, in our training sessions that we have, like we usually will do the six-week offering. That gives us, it seems like, the most ability to go deep. Um, I know that our time sometimes uh, is spent really um, with with Q&A and going deep into what that means in terms of a stand. What does it mean to not energize negativity? And the examples that we can share and find clarity help. So I, um, as Josh, I think when some of his early training said, don't be so quick to jump to the reset aspect of mm-hmm. it. That's where I think things can get uh, misunderstood and, and um, kind of lead people astray, is to really focus on stand one and stand two. Mm-hmm. What does that absolutely no mean? And what does absolutely yes mean? I, I, I hope I took that question in the right arena. Just in you terms did. of simplicity, that's right where we that can... idea of we're not going to go with the reactive model, but we're going to switch it really intentionally to a proactive model of energizing absolutely. every moment of success. Yeah. yeah. And that, how much more simple could it be than that? Well, and using the stories, like, you know, the black dot. You know, what do you mm-hmm. see? How big are we making that black dot? The analogy of the $100 bills. Um, thinking about the, the toll taker. You know, of course, we're a child's greatest toy. All those. All those stories really seem to resonate. So that mm-hmm. keeps the approach simple and mm-hmm. easy to access. Mm-hmm. I agree completely with Barbara. I was just reflecting here, uh, being the 17th day of school, I'm not sure I've heard the word reset <laughs> yet wow. this year. I'm, maybe it's been introduced. I'm not sure. I just trust my staff that they'll know it's right to introduce it. But the work is always done in stand one and two, the majority mm-hmm. of our work. It's mm-hmm. just really relentless in those stands. Um, and, and we're always seeking clarity, of course. We're administrators. We always have expectations and things. But the work is done in, in those first two stands. Well, I'm guessing that has something to do with the fact that you are so, you know, you're several years into it now because as that natural evolution of understanding that's really not about broken rules, but reset is more about regulation and kind of catching ourselves when we're going south. Um, you know, and I would guess as time goes by, it becomes less and less and less about rules and always just about resetting ourselves and stepping back into greatness. 
I'm not surprised that that's your experience so far. You know, once, um, my experience is once uh, people are, you know, like I, I've been around some parents uh, in the last month who kind of uh, have observed me with their kids who they thought were going to be haywire, and mm-hmm. how did that happen? They're not being haywire. I think kids can read people's clarity, and both of you are talking to that. They And, and once you've established that, on a building-wide basis, it's almost like you don't even need to go there. And you can mm-hmm. really get to what, what you're saying is the key things of that simplicity of stand one and stand two. Stand three is just, you know, let's get let's get that mm-hmm. so clear that we get that out of the way and we can live in one and two. Mm-hmm. And, and, you're, and you're doing that. Well, essentially, one falls away, too. Mm-hmm. And, and it does. Yeah. It's interesting you said that about self-regulation because our State Department in North Dakota has had us focus on that for elementary age students, on what programs are we going to introduce to teach self-regulation. And that's why our school already has this in place and and obviously is meeting that goal right now because of those strong self-regulation skills. Mm -hmm. Knowing that reset is that gift. It's Mm -hmm. just a gift for all of us. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that you've languaged that in a way that fits their paradigm, and um, I, I I love that you're out there, out there right. uh, on a state level, influencing right. others. Mm-hmm. When's the national level coming, Rose? We we're <laughs> we're working on a speakers bureau at the foundation to get, to to. Uh, ho- my dream is that we have a team of people who are finding conferences all over the world mm-hmm. and plugging people like yourselves into into uh, being uh, having important roles in those conferences. Well, thank you. We're working on North Dakota right now, but I'm open. <laughs> the world, the universe. Yeah, yeah. My greatness did improve when I started leaving North Dakota and making those few California visits to meet Barbara and and right. you, Howie. Mm. And I think I met Catherine in Tucson. So, you know, certainly greatness is all across the nation. And I, and, and exposure to great great groups of people. Um, that And as Howard always says, you know, it's not me. It's not the approach. It's these people that take the approach, like my staff, and just every day implement it just with high levels of fidelity and with mm-hmm. that strong, clear intent that we're building inner wealth in children. Yeah. It's interesting. One of the things I scratched down was the idea of taking it to community, and I'm so impressed that both of you have reached beyond the walls of your school buildings and out to connect with the after-school programs and, you know, the the broader community. And I'm just picturing in my mind as you're talking, Rose, the idea of connecting all the dots that you're connecting and then when that connects to California and you know suddenly we have this community that's bigger than our city and our state and it becomes this bigger vision um, it's exciting to think about that visually in my head as you're talking about it mm-hmm. I love that I honor that in both of you to take it take it outside of the school yeah and you know I I um I, I always try to think about the possibilities I guess and as all of you are talking today I keep thinking you know um to create that environment for this to thrive is really kind of my constant charge and focus, and I think I see that in the intention of the the staff members who are, you know, in terms of taking big risk, right, to um, to really try this on and see the beauty of the results. This this was not a path perfectly laid out that this is how it's going to work and this is what it's going to look like and, and, and this is what you can expect. It was almost infusing them with the ability to say, I'm going to take this on and create what I'm going to find. This is this is my intention. It um it can be messy. It involves risk taking. It involves at times people telling you um the shoulda woulda couldas of their observations from you and it um, to be able to take this work and say, here's the evidence I see. It's making transformational differences in the lives of my students and my ability to teach, their ability to learn, you know, my abilities as a professional and a person. Th- those things cannot be laid out for someone. You can tell them your experience, but when they experience it for themselves, mm. um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm learning so much from hearing about the pathways you're taking and the work and how it's, um, you know, expanding beyond, like as Rose says, at the state level and to hear you, how we talk about the national level. Those are things mm-hmm. that, you know, three years ago I never anticipated. I thought this was a personal journey. 
and the impact is so great because of you know just our intentions and how we're able to continue to use those perhaps negativities or or doubts and um to be able to cite the evidence of where it is working and to be able you know i i don't know i i feel like at times i'm not making myself very clear but i it's not a clean um process this process mm. is involved um a lot of things where i never anticipated it going yeah Welcome yeah. aboard, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> There's no getting off the train now. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots yeah. of station. It's wow. like the runway is not necessary. You're building your own runways to yeah, take off right. and land, yeah. and um, and and that is it involves a lot of grunt work sometimes, uh-huh. and and um, and that's the image I have. I I love that you both are serving humanity in a mm-hmm. larger sense. Mm-hmm. I I I I value that. Deeply, and um, I, I hope to convey that ever more brilliantly going forward in my teaching, and and you both are so doing that. Mm-hmm. I just love how my staff are lighting their own runways. You know, I, I can think back to five years ago before the approach, and when I assigned students to particular classrooms, I mm-hmm. mean, some par- some faces would just be gloom and doom, like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, look who was assigned to my class. Now I'm not going to have a great year next year. And now they're empowered knowing all I control is how I show up. Mm. I am not mm. going to let the assignment of any child determine what kind of year I am. I'm going to determine that myself. I'm claiming a great year. I'm empowered. I've got this. Wow. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's interesting listening as a mom as you're saying that statement, Rose, the idea of my heart breaking for that child who's on the list of any school in our nation who the teachers are going, oh, not this one, right, versus the child in your school or Barbara in your school who is that kid who the teachers are like, bring it on. I am going to convince this child of their greatness, and I'm going to show them. It's such a flip. You both mentioned ready to learn in academics. I know you brought that up earlier, Howie. Do you want to speak a little bit about how Nurtured Heart has changed kind of the academic presentation and performance of your students? Sure. I can start a minute if that's okay with you, Barbara. Mm Mm-hmm. When, when we first implemented the approach, it was a little disfluent. So sometimes we'd have curriculum, 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 and then we saw during that period of time maybe a little bit more off-task behavior, a little bit um, frustration. But as time went on, we um, had some coaching come into our school. Tanya came down here to coach Tanya Frazier, and okay. she helped us notch up a fluent cycle of curriculum nourishment, curriculum mm-hmm. Nourishment, and now it's just such a fluid language that the game is the kids are in the game, they want to be in that game, and it's um, really, really improved our focus, our on task behavior, and the ability to absorb knowledge. Because I really feel beyond that, it's producing such a safe, safe, emotionally stable classroom environment where the energy is flowing in a direction where success is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we found that the um the approach fits beautifully into all of our um kind of our innovations or our charges. You know, Rose mentioned the gradual release of responsibility, so you know, we've had some work with Fisher and Fry on our site and that seems to fit. We work with Glad instructional strategies and and it you know, the the approach fits right into the beauty of those approaches that we've been taught in in terms of in the realm of instructional strategies. So that that task relationship balance is is so important and uh, how you've done you know walking generally uh, is more effective right foot left foot and you gave that graphic demonstration of what walking would look like if you only use one foot right and you <laughs> think and it's so powerful i mean it just just that you know 30 seconds of a demo really really resonates with folks and so every time we have what we might consider a review of instructional strategies or a new content or new um, what might be perceived here come this you know, this new innovation, how can we connect it to prior learning? And the approach fits beautifully in terms of we're, it's not a program we're implementing, it's a way of being. It fits beautifully in all of the things that we find that are important for us instructionally. Um, and as Rose said, it creates a climate where learning can take place, where risk can take place, where dialogue and discourse happen. So, 
Are you seeing or either of you, um, I, I hear this loud and clear and um, that that uh, it creates a space for academics to thrive. Um, for our listeners, have either of you been able to corral that in, in, a, in a way you could explain, like actual uh, numbers? Um, Thank you for asking early. that question. <laughs> uh, I just had my school-wide Title I meeting last night, so yes, I have those numbers for you, Howie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. For reading, we had 79% of our students reach their goals according to Ames Web National Norms, which principals wow. will understand what what that is. And for math, we um, exceeded our goal. Uh, our goal is 80%, and we had 88% of students last year meet their targeted growth that was needed. And then in the area of writing, we had 85%. And uh, so just unprecedented levels of, of achievement. And then, of course, we have a goal with regard to self-regulation and student engagement, which is huge to academic achievement, and the approach was our main strategy in achieving that. And uh, we met that goal as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, they have. A, it reminds me of some work people did years ago. I don't know if it's still going on, called Connectivity. Um, it was a very simple Likert scale of five questions, but, but the, the, the important piece is that they showed that kids who had a high level, a higher level, incrementally higher, even just point percentage points higher of connectivity, meaning they felt they belonged, they felt, you know, their teachers liked them, they liked their school and their classmates, they were less prone to drug mm -hmm. issues. Uh, substance issues, they were less prone to teenage pregnancy. There were people who were correlating like mad, like a lot of things. So, you know, the take-home message was that, um, tell me the word you used again, um, um, Rose. You know, that sense of connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we're in the lower elementary, so we we aren't dealing with the drug, alcohol, those kinds of issues, but feeling like they belong is definitely prevalent. And again, in my role as director of special services, I go out and coach this in the junior high level at this point, and I see that sense of belonging. That and it's almost it, it's almost it is connectivity, but it's also that they're making following the rules doable. Nothing was even seemed doable before the approach. You know, like success was doable. This is doable, not only for students but for staff. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I had a, a pretty severe cases where my students were assaulting teachers, those kinds of things, and now the community, with the approach and just me coaching two to four hours a week last year, there's been no incidences this year. The community of that classroom, that special ed classroom, has completely changed. Mm. I have to share this, and I hope it's okay. It was on Facebook, so I'm assuming it is. It's a special ed. I got an email from someone last night that was talking about a special ed person, and um, she says it was such a bittersweet day today when I finally got to meet my new elementary students. Sweet, this is at an alternative school. Sweet to meet all the, these amazing, brilliant, creative individuals who radiate hope that their new teacher will understand. Bitter that most of them arrive as first, second, third, and fourth graders struggling with reading, writing, math, and social skills who are already broken by the system and believing they are not as smart as everyone else. They are brilliant, what they are not as status quo. Neither was Einstein. Wake up, public education. Our children are our future. Real, living, breathing, hopeful individuals who look to the new teacher out of the corner of their eye and wonder, will this one understand me? Mm. Talk about wow. someone ready for a nurture heart approach, but uh, man, I'm just I'm thinking about what you guys are describing as just the counterbalance to that in such a beautiful, breathing, real, living way. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. You we know, are in a very simplistic, a very mm -hmm. simplistic example. Before the approach, we the children would come to lunch, and I supervise lunch every day, celebrating who celebrating things of non-greatness, who's in trouble, who did something wrong, who did it. And the other day, and I have to reset from judgment all the time. I, 
but I would consider this child one that would have maybe been categorized that way. Mm-hmm. And now, five years later, his classmate looked at me and they said, reported that child's greatness. They got a greatness card today. You know greatness mm-hmm. is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's what makes me proud to work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I know that, that Rose beautiful is... Chime. Oh. Hello? Go ahead, go ahead, Barbara. We have oh, I was just laughing. There was a beautiful chime at the end of that lovely statement. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to say to encourage people to go to Rose's website. She has some wonderful video links there of students in the cafeteria setting demonstrating. We know what greatness looks like, but it's just all the, you know, the celebrating the rule following, celebrating who they are, um, and it's uh, it. It really is something to uh, to see how that public statement comes out on their website, and um, mm-hmm. we're aspiring there, Rose. <laughs> Will you well, share that website you. so people have it? Uh, you, it's Wapaton Public Schools. If you just Google that, you'll be able to find it and go under Zimmerman Elementary, and then there's a tab for video audio. And, okay. in fact, you know, I have a team that's supposed to look at office discipline referrals every month and then allocate interventions, and because we don't have any referrals, I have, you know, I assign them to do all new videos so we can have new mm. kids in the We'll be able to see their greatness, the ones, the children we have this year. So we're always looking for ways to notch it up. So watch in October; those will be posted. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for your generosity it. of sharing that. Thank you so much. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna come back to the two of you for some parting words. Um, I want to invite any listener to become follower of the Nurture Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio, and to remind you that all the archived blog podcasts blogcasts are available on demand at blogtalkradio.com backslash nurtured heart approach if you're interested in becoming a certified nurtured heart approach trainer i encourage you to look at one of the upcoming certification training intensives we have tucson coming up in january followed by australia um, january and february of this next year we also have a last chance to register for the foundations course this course opens october 9th and runs through november 19th it's an excellent way to immerse yourself in nurtured heart for six weeks and join in live conversations with Howard Glasser during the weekly sessions in Community Forum. There's also 15 CEUs available with this course, and information for that is available on childrensuccessfoundation.com under the training tab. All right, back to you, Rose and Barbara. Last um, inspiration or encouragement that you would give those out listening to your beautiful stories? I um, I would just... in. I would just encourage you that there is um, there's so much to learn in the approach to, um, and, and I don't mean in in terms of a lot of learning uh, in terms of grasping the approach, but the beauty of the learning in implementing the approach, and to not be deterred um, by by small bumps in the road, and to to keep your eye on the prize, like like Rose has um, so eloquently detailed in the data that that transformation can occur in any school site, and it starts with us. And for me, I love sharing my story. I love, I love it because my my staff deserve all of that credit for their implementation and warrior-like stance every day. But for you, for listeners, focus on where you are at the journey. I know so many people get overwhelmed, like no visits to the principal. Nobody <laughs> don't get don't get caught up in that. Focus on where you're at in your journey. What first step can you take? Mm -hmm. What first step can you do to build inner wealth in children? The best is yet to come. It'll get there. Mm. But but as Barbara said, you know, the the wonderful thing about the approach is perfection isn't required. Mm -hmm. And so when I present in school districts, I have such a gift because I did make every mistake in the book. (laughs) But then I have a reset. I have a Mm -hmm. gift. And when you stick with it, when you're persistent, then you'll get these outcomes that we're talking about. Absolutely. Howie? I'm in awe. Um, (laughs) I'm so deeply appreciative of um, not only your brilliance, the brilliance I've heard, you know, throughout this conversation, but, but what... Um, makes its 
spark out in your world, how many how many lives you've affected um, uh, among your students and among uh, your peers and among your you know your colleagues and your community, the parents of these children. You know, when I've watched some of Catherine's videos um, of of her work with autism. I found myself saying, you know, when I share any of them in public, that these kids, too, deserve to know about their greatness. You know, kids who have developmental disabilities, physical handicaps, um, they deserve to hear about their greatness. Um, and uh, you are uh, you're embodying that. You're making that happen. You You are... Uh, so devoted to um, serving the cause of children and helping them, helping them to learn who they really are is, you know, like I like to say sometimes, not the bad kid or even the good kid, but the great kid with great things to contribute, and and you're making that a reality. So I'm moved. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rose and Barbara, for your time this morning. I know you're both very, very busy. Thank you for your tenacity and your determination for all the kids that you're working with. Um, and I have no doubt that I will hearing from both of you, be hearing from both of you again as you take this out even broader out into our world. Next month we are going to have um, Tammy Jacobs and Lori Lee. They will be our combined guests, and we'll be talking about the topic of healing hearts with Nurture Heart Approach. And until then, that is all we have for this month. Thank you both Thank you. for, as always, thanks to listeners and the commitment. Bye, everybody. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.